Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, a weekly podcast where two journalists and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, debrief over the week that was over a bottle of red wine. God, I can't keep it together anymore. I know. Last week we really shook up the formula, so <laughs> it's complicated things. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I just look at you to see what how you're looking at me as I say that. Anyway, how's it, how's it going? It's okay. I feel very frazzled because I like ruined out plans for tonight we couldn't record in our studio then we're going to record in my apartment and then I forgot my keys so we were recording Izzy's apartment and our housemates were going out so it's just been like a roller coaster from start to finish it's been a roller coaster ride (laughs) and you almost burst into tears and then I almost burst into tears but we're here now we're here now I actually I got an uber here and the uber was really really weird like he just had a very weird energy like he just wouldn't drive up to pick me up where I was so I had to like jog up the street and I was like, you're the one in the car. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, bl- like blasting um, just songs, but like he just couldn't pick one. So he'd play it for like no. 30 seconds and then be like, and then like change it. And they were so funny. Like he played like, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. And then he played like some song by Matchbox 20. And then he played this, that song. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually have the most extravagant hand gestures. <laughs> I can't even imagine how that sounded. <laughs> it was, and then the song, anyway, the song that he settled on was Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows. And he just played the whole song. It's the only whole one that he played. Oh and I was like, oh, this is the one you like, huh? Like, he was just so erratic. So anyway. That happened. That happened. Mm-hmm. What's been happening with you this week? Ooh. Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Yeah. Um, okay. So I watched the new uh, Stan show, The Bold Type. Why don't you tell me you watched it? I feel like this is just a total... Well, I know you're telling me now, but I'm just like... It just feels like a pop culture moment I've just missed. I've had so many messages about it. Um, well, for starters, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you last week. Secondly, I posted it on our new Facebook community. <laughs> and thirdly, I'm using your Stan account to watch it. So it should oh be popping God. up for you. No, what is it? It's like a Sex in the City kind of thing. Um, It's like a Gossip Girl meets... <gasps> Like, sort of Six in the City, I guess, meets sort of Devil Wears Prada because they work in an office which is based off the Cosmo office in the US. Cool. But don't get too excited because it's really not, like, the best. It's nowhere near as good as Gossip Girl, but it is just an easy, you know, one of those just watches that you... Well, did you like Younger? Because everyone was obsessed with Younger, and I was like, I don't get this show. No. Yeah. So, yeah, same sort of thing. Okay. Um, But it's fine and easy to watch. 
but I'll definitely it, watch it. It's funny just being in media and like the smallest things. You're just like that wouldn't happen. Do you but think see, we watch it because it's about magazines? We w- can't enjoy watching it because we're just like, well, that wouldn't happen. That's dumb. People don't say that. Like, uh, no, because other people in media do like it. Yeah, like I've had a bunch of people and who work with me or work at like other publications. Is it created by Joanna Coles, the woman who used to be the editor of US Cosmo? I feel like it is, yes. Yeah, because yeah. I remember reading it and she's like this English woman with like short peroxide hair and she's mm-hmm. like super... Yeah, it's mm. her. Yeah, it's her. Ah. Yes, yeah, I've so I guess she would probably know then. But there's just small Season things. Season five? No, it's... I don't know. Two it's seasons? Up. Yeah, two. Oh, so it's been out for ages? No. Really. I But it hasn't just come out? No. But everyone's just come out on stand. Everyone's sort of getting into it now, but oh. also I'm worried that you're going to want to start watching it because you can't now because I'm watching it on your stand account. <laughs> well, I can. I'll just change the password. No, because then <laughs> I, what I mean is like then my place will be lost because you're perfect. You <laughs> I know your password for everything. My password is if like don't if, tell if that password ca- I won't tell but if that password came out my life would just be ruined like you can steal my whole identity it's like my internet banking my like we don't even have social security but like my health insurance like yeah, everything everything is to that. same mine's well, the exact same and yeah. it's one that like which a lot of people are gonna know after I reveal this but it's one that I use at work and just give everyone yeah so right. like all my interns have it <laughs> like everyone <laughs> just has it um but. Literally, my boss, if she listens to this, will be like, I know exactly what you're talking oh about. Yeah, it's there's, really no money, there's no money to steal, That's what guys. I'm like. I'm like, there's nothing to be gained yeah. from stealing my identity. Like, yeah. this will not benefit you in any way. Um, so, I've started watching The Bold Type. Yeah. And um, also, I just have another little tidbit to tell you, which I haven't yet started watching. But Dirty John. Is it ca- out? It's coming show? out on Netflix. Well, like, it's out. It's on Netflix now, but I couldn't press play. It was just sitting there teasing me. Weird. So it's so it's definitely coming out in like the next couple of days. Amazing, mm. amazing, amazing. If you haven't listened to it, that was like the best podcast. The best podcast. The, like so good. True story. US really rich like, woman. Literally stranger than fiction. Like you yeah. can make it up. If that was just a TV show, you'd be like, this is so dumb. Yeah. If it didn't actually happen. And um Eric Banner plays yes. Dirty John, which and is just perfect. And Connie Britton, isn't yeah. she Deb? Yeah. Is it Deb? I think so. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, and another one, which is another recommendation, which I haven't yet watched, but I already know is going to be my favorite show of all time, is Homecoming. And it's Julia Roberts' new show. I haven't. So she's never, ever been in a TV show before. And um, I bet a, it'll be one of those, like, really, really good in, Intense, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, set around a place where soldiers get sent when they come back from war. Uh-huh. Um, and I think she works there. And people are already calling it like the best show of ever. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. They're already calling it the best show. And my show. workmate the other day, just like, I remember I was like to her, she kind of came over and did something like, I don't know, I'd, I'd had like a bad day and she knew it. And she was sort of being like, how did that go? And I was like, oh, really bad. And she was just smiling. Like she was just smiling like the Cheshire cat. <laughs> and I was like, what is your problem? Like I'm literally, it'd be like me being like, I feel really sick and someone just beaming at you. Yeah. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And she was just like, I'm so sorry. I just got off the phone to Julia Roberts. <gasps> Heaven. I wanted to kill her. Oh my God. Julia Roberts is my favorite person that ever, ever, so, ever. Yeah. She is your favorite person ever. Ever. Like, that I, is so massive. Yeah. And she was just, and I was like, what was she like? And I was pretty much crying by this point had the worst day and then found out she interviewed Aww. Julia Roberts um and she said she could hear her smiling down the phone oh she definitely did yeah that's it was like this went my when I got had my first internship at L my boss um had it she was like I've got an interview today and then she just picked up the phone and I could like you know when it's really loud you can hear mm. it and the one was like hello this is Kate Winslet and she was like oh hello <laughs> like she just like thought there'd be a PR or something yeah that happened to me obviously not Kate Winslet but you know, Catherine Langford. Yeah. From um, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. I was like getting connected to a call with her. And I, and so usually it's when you get connected to calls, it's like a three-way call and it's the management dials you in and then the whoever you're, the talent comes yeah. on after. And the management and, like stays in through the whole interview. Yeah. And, yeah like, so they're yeah. listening to everything you say and it's kind of a little bit awkward. Yeah. Um, and so I dialed into the number and then yeah. it was just someone, it was just kind of silent. And then I was like, hello. Yeah. And then she was like, 
hello and I was like Catherine and she was like yes and then her, I don't even know if her management ever came on the line or if they came on when we were halfway through and just like slyly slid yeah, in there and didn't say anything so nice. but she was so cute oh Jules speaking of Kate Winslet even though that was ages ago I was just at a work event and I interviewed a designer and he told me I look like Kate Winslet and I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> it was like, have you heard that a million times before? I was like, no one has ever said that in the history of the world. Yeah, weird. So weird. It's funny when people have things like that. I okay, remember I when I was, was just trying to butter me up. When I was younger, it happened all the time when people would say I looked like Emily Blunt. And now and now I fish for it and everyone's like, No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I used to get offended by that. I was like, She's literally heaven. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now I've realized how perfect she was. I think it was like uh, can't have been pre-Devil Wears products. No one really knew who she was before that. But yeah. I don't know why. I just didn't love her. Yeah. Now I'm like, please tell me I look like Emily Blunt. You're like, do you mean... Once someone um, at work was like, Grace, you look so much like someone. Oh my God, who is it? Oh my God, who is it? And she was like, Jenny from Gossip Girl. I was like, fuck off. Oh, yes. <laughs> Taylor Momsen. I forgot about that. I was like, thanks. No, you've reminded me. I, I do call, not look like her. I used to call you Jenny. I do not look like her, except we both have really round faces. Yeah, you don't look like her. It was like a little in the office. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, What else has happened? Oh, I read a good article um, about the backlash surrounding Meghan Markle at the moment. Love. Uh, My friend, Hannah Rosier, who's a journalist living in the UK, actually wrote it. Um, Nice one, Hannah. She's so clever. She writes for Man Repeller all the time now. Oh, my God. Mm, She's really smart. Anton's sister. No. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I was like, why are we not saying it's Anton's sister? Yeah, she has the same name. Wow. That's kind of how we bonded. I was yeah. like, one day we're going to have the same last names and Anton yeah. was just like... Silent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very presumptive. Um, but she wrote a good story. She writes for um, Women, whatever yep. it is, uh, still here, um, about how, like, the how the press just changes its tune and, of course, it was going to go that way from being like Meghan Markle is brilliant and she's amazing to saying that she's demanding and one of the newspapers reported that um palace staff don't like her because she'll text her staff five to seven times per day with ideas for new initiatives it's like like such a nice thing to do yeah that's the worst thing. thing that they could say about her is that she texts her staff members who should be working for her <laughs> about initiative ideas like for how to help why don't we tackle global poverty they're like megan is so demanding yeah oh my god so yeah that was that was really good um and that whole narrative around her like the fact that they're moving to a different apartment has started this whole thing that that she's having a feud with kate middleton Yeah, yeah and that like like she's like that they just always bring this thing up or like she's an actress she's a diva she's blah blah she's putting on an act whereas kate's like you know, just demure and quiet and it's, you know, it's just gross. It just makes me feel very gross. I just want something to report about. Like no one's clicking anymore on her dad. No one's clicking. Yes. She hasn't stepped out in a new outfit. So it's like, okay, let's start writing that she's horrible and demanding. Yes, exactly. And it's also like, she's like several months pregnant. Like there's not much to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of like, just don't go after someone that's got a crazy family is adjusting to this insane spotlight. It's like several months pregnant with their first child. Like, you know, it's just, like that's just a bit like And also someone, someone whose husband's mum you killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not dance around the facts who grace. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But then I just find myself getting so embroiled. I just got in such a black hole of it today where I was like, maybe she is a diva. <laughs> what then? Yeah. I don't know. She knows what she wants. She's a clever woman. I think it's also like you got to think about the fact that the Queen became the Queen during like World War Two, and was like friends with Winston Churchill. Like the idea, you know what I mean? Like the ideas in that household are very, 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 very old fashioned. Yeah. You know, so like even her coming in and being like, "I want to wear this. I want to do this. Why don't we do that? Hmm. I'm kind of too tired for that. Probably seems demanding. Yeah, it would be crazy. I'd <laughs> be like, you don't have a right to say you're tired. Yeah, exactly. She'd probably yeah. just say normal stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I prefer it in green or something, hmm. you know? And they'll be like, Megan's gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it'd be so good. I'm so jealous. I wish I was married to Prince Harry. Oh. Um, what's happening in your week? 
Um, I have had a pretty quiet week in terms of like, I haven't watched any TV shows or anything, but I've been reading, I finished Clementine Ford's book, but we've already talked about that. So mm-hmm. leave that one alone. And I had today, which is not related to reading anything, but I had a lymphatic draining massage. Yeah. What heard is of that? This? So I read something about it last year. Um, I think in US Vogue. And then that was like on my radar because people said they came out of it feeling like, three kilos lighter and all their toxins were gone and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I read that a bunch of Victoria's Secret angels did it before the show this year. So I want to write a story about it, which I will do. So I like interviewed a guy at um, Sydney Contemporary, which is like a... Are you writing about it in the mag? Um, no, it'll be an online story. Yeah. And it's about like basically what it is and what the point is of it. It was so lovely. Like it was just like just as a thing to get done. It was just so nice. So the whole idea is that your lymph nodes are like full of toxins that are like going around your whole body and that they don't drain properly. And for some people that's like a serious medical problem where you can get like serious swelling. But for some people it just leaves you feeling really like sluggish and tired and you're just full of like, I don't know. He was like, I don't like the word toxins. But how do they do it? So what they basically do is all of your lymph nodes drain through this one spot in your neck. It's so weird. Yuck. I I love it. I was like, yes. But is there a needle involved? No, 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 no. So they just massage you very gently and softly through all the pressure points up your arms, across your chest, up your legs, and push everything up to this drainage point. And then what happens at the drainage point? So like you, at the time you don't really feel anything. Like it just feels like you're getting a nice massage, but he like talks you through what's happening while you're doing it. And he's like, essentially what most people find is in the days afterwards, they like pee a lot and they get all these toxins out. And then a couple of days later, they just feel amazing and refreshed. Hmm. And he was like, don't drink today. And I was like, okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> How long? Like, you clearly haven't heard of my podcast. How long do the results last for? I think he said that he was like, he was like, from his perspective, it's a medical scientific thing. So he was like, I don't want you to go and sell this as some like amazing thing that's going to make you look and feel a trillion percent, but it should just generally improve your like quality of life once you get it done. Like he was like, you can just get it done twice a year and you'll just, you should just feel better and more refreshed. But yeah, so stay tuned. But it was a really nice experience. I feel like people should get it done. Um, shall we get on to topic number one? Yes. I was also going to say I went nuts at the Black Friday sales. Oh, but yeah, that's you not did. Really a, I bought so many beauty products. I'm so excited. The thing with you buying lots of beauty products is yes. that you already have a lot of really expensive beauty products. I know. And I just don't know what you needed. <laughs> I just get like, like, I was reading like Into the Glosses Top 25 of 2018 and then I was reading... Rio Vera Newton's Google Doc. Have you heard of it? It's like this girl, and she's Harley Vera Newton's sister, and she created. She had really bad skin, and then her skin became like amazingly good. So she created a Google Doc of all the shit she uses to send to her friends, and then her friends started adding their friends, and then it became like this huge thing. So she wrote about it for New York Magazine, and it's just all of the products she uses, and it's like insane. It's like twenty products. but then I was like going through that and being like, maybe I need these like blackhead removing cotton balls and maybe I need these like mm. lemon infused gauze peels. And I just just went crazy. Yeah, that was another part of going to your house tonight that I was excited for. We were going to do Korean face masks. Yeah. So I actually have them here. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's too late for that now. We could maybe take a break midway through. <laughs> Sheet masks on. Break. But I'm pretty, I, I'm not very good at talking when they're on. They kind of slide down my face. I'm worried about that. And these ones are like bee pollen. Let's uh, do it no, after. they're not. They're, sna- they're snail pollen. They're like mm, the slime from snails. That's disgusting. I'm so excited about it. Um, okay. So topic Some, one. Yeah. Something we were both read today. Yes. Um, is about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Leader> done. <laughs> I think I coordinate this better. The cut did a really good like um, deep dive profile on Lena Dunham and we are both quite interested in her and it was a really good read. It was a really well-written article. Yeah. So when I was first introduced to Lena Dunham, which was obviously how everyone else was through her HBO series girls, which she created and starred in Hannah Horbat. Yes. <laughs> um, I fell in love with her girls was, was, and still is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Yeah. 
I actually had a bit of a manic episode the other day where I was like, I just, this was prior to this cut piece coming out actually, um, where I was like, I just want to watch season one, episode one of Girls. Yeah. And I was searching for so long that I think I've given my Mac a virus. <laughs> like, I actually think it's got a full-blown virus and I don't know what to do about it. And, like, all these... Pop- That's really stressful when you really want to watch a HBO show because mm. they're just not around. But usually you can find it. Like, I'm pretty good at searching yeah. and finding. Like, it's not often where something doesn't come up. But my flatmate actually has seasons two, three, and four. Mm. So I have those. And I started watching season two, episode one instead. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's a so, masterpiece. So, that episode where Marnie um, and Charlie and Char- that's like one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Mm. When it was New Year's Eve this year, me and my mum went and got a champagne brunch, and then I made her watch it while I was drunk, and I, w- I was just crying. She was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was I'm like, pretty, "It's just so sad." I'm pretty sure I've made my mum. Oh, I definitely have made my mum watch it too. Oh my god. Um. But yeah, it's just brilliant. And just then, like season one, oh, sorry, season two, episode one, because I've forgotten all about it because I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. And for anyone who knows me, knows my brain is like a goldfish. <laughs> I can't remember what happened yesterday. Um, and it's so funny. It starts with her and Donald Glover. Yeah, yeah. Childish Gambino. There was, there was all that backlash about her not casting any black people in season one. So the first episode, she got him in as her boyfriend. Yeah. And people were like, ugh. But so funny that it was yeah, him so funny. now because we're obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sucking her boob. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. Uh, uh, it was so gnarly. Um, but yeah, I, I guess she is a pretty polarizing person. Yes. And before all of the stupid things she said, which we'll go into a bit more yeah. detail soon, she was already kind of like a either you love them or hate them person. Yes. Um, she, she like doesn't fade into the background. No. And you are of the hate department i'm not of the hate i think this article is really good because i think it it really captured why i just like she's such a creative her work is so good everyone the science society is so misogynist for hating her why did i ever hate her and then as it went on i was just like oh you're just so self-obsessed and then by the end i was just like oh you're just exhausting to me like i just i love her work i think Mm. she's amazing she drives me nuts because i feel like she has she's very 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 self-absorbed is what i yeah she's a narcissist yes but she says that yes but i think that like i think that you that that's just such an unlikable quality yeah i find it really hard to warm to her so another thing that's come out really recently is dax shepherd um has a podcast called armchair expert and he did an interview with her and that came out um what was it last month and that was when it was revealed that she you know how it came out in all the newspapers that she had newspapers (laughs) part of the press online the morning tribune yeah (laughs) um that she was addicted to anti-anxiety medication that's where she first said it um and he didn't know that he did a long two-hour interview with her um and i've listened to that whole thing as well and it was funny when i was listening to it i was just like i miss hearing lena dunham like i just yeah i love I just, I just have this weird thing where I just love her, and I, I know. think society's better for her. I definitely don't wish she didn't, yeah, exist. But yeah. even in that, she talks about how she is such a narcissist, and she was like, "But it's I think hers is more an anxiety thing." And you and I have both talked about this before, where we, we, well, I don't know, maybe we are narcissists, but it's like where yeah. we think that other people's. Um, actions are to do with us. Yes. So like, you know how you said you you come into work and someone will just be like, hi, because they're busy. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, what have we done? They're clearly really angry at us and fret about it all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was saying that that's how she is and she's such a people pleaser that she goes above and beyond to try and please people. And so she was, she was saying that like Adam Driver on the set of Girls, he would come in, he would just want to do his job and so he'd be reading his script and she'd come up and be like, Adam, would you like this apple or this apple? And he would just be like, <laughs> Like, I don't care, you know, yeah. I don't care Apple. You can just and see then, him being like that as yeah, well. Yeah, and then yeah. she would just be like, oh, Adam seems really tired today. I don't know what I've done. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He probably was just getting annoyed at like, her Like, Adam as well. seems really tired. I yeah. don't know what I've done. <laughs> it's so funny. No, I find her really complicated because she is so polarizing, and I think she said a lot of stupid stuff, but then I also think that, like, she's a good example of us holding women to a much higher 
bar and we hold men mm. like I really want to interrogate my own behavior about it because I literally got on here a few episodes ago and was like um you know maybe Louis CK misinterpreted a power dynamic and that means that he shouldn't be hung drawn and quartered and yet I want to get on here and be like I hate Lena Dunham because she made a distasteful abortion joke like how ridiculous is that you know she's never done anything that's even in the realm of what he he did did. yeah so I don't think it's fair for me to come on and like assassinate her character because I don't think she's done anything that bad yeah well the only other the other massive thing was when she said um that uh, she defended a man, one of her friends, who had been accused of sexual assault. And yes. she came out and released a statement saying that that woman or this allegation was one of the 3% in the world that was false. And she's a sexual assault survivor. Yeah. And so she just alienated a lot of people then because a lot of people were like, are you fucking... Well, everyone was just like, are you fucking it was serious? Just t- yeah. But then it's funny, like, listening to her talk back about it, she was sort of like... I'm not defending that at all because she, even she thinks it's fucking like yeah, she, she thinks she's a fucking idiot yeah. um, for saying it and probably really regrets it. But she was just like, I, being a sexual assault a survivor, I sort of thought people would take where I was coming from in a different way. Like she was just like, that's one of my really good friends who came to me before the allegations came out and told me his side of the story and vowed to me it wasn't true. And then she was like, that's, I felt Yeah, and I like, think the insinuation was that she knew things or had seen things that she couldn't or wouldn't release, but that that made her confident enough to say that. Yeah. It's, I think that's kind of fair enough. Like, I don't even hate on her for doing that because I'm mm. like, I think the timing is poor when it's like the middle of Me Too and Time's Up. But I think the fact that someone can't come out and say in a very eloquent way, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. I believe women. I always want to believe women. I think this is a one-off case where it's not the case, which is why I will continue to work with my friend that, Mm. that you should be able to do that without, I don't know. Like, I just think people love to hate on her and I think it's a really sort of gross. Yeah. And the other thing about her is she has been through a lot. Oh my God. Like so fucking much. She's a victim of sexual assault. From that, she has, been diagnosed with PTSD yeah. and me and you talk about PTSD quite lightly like yeah we, we always joke about we it, always yeah. joke about it because you know like I don't, I don't know. know something something will happen and I'm like if oh, the train I've... is late the next day when the train rocks up I'm like oh my god I have PTSD <laughs> yeah, which is so <laughs> bad we always yeah. make distasteful jokes and that's why we can't hate Luna Dunham because I know the shit we say like and then so she had PTSD extreme depression had a hysterectomy at age 31, which means she can no longer have children. And she really, really, really wanted to have children. Yeah. She said um, that she, on the cut profile, that she had to mute her friend's Instagram stories because she can't stand seeing photos of their children. Oh, my God. It would uh, That would fucking ruin my life if that yeah. happened to me. And it's, that was after years of, like, really being, chronic, like, debilitating pain. And illness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like she fainted at the Met Gala last year and that yeah. just wasn't even really a massive thing. You know, no. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and she just went in and out of hospital. Um, and then she just revealed she's six months sober from being addicted to Klonopin, which is an anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. So she's been an addict. She's a sexual assault survivor. She has PTSD. She has depression. She yeah. has anxiety. Yeah. She just had to have a hysterectomy she has all these chronic illnesses and she just broke up with her boyfriend yeah and she just broke up with her boyfriend of six years who she thought she was going to marry yeah and that was plagued with cheating rumors of like one of her really good friends yeah it's just and then she has had the whole world hating on her it's just like for someone to have survived that much it's pretty crazy yeah i think i think the thing that frustrates me about lena dunham and Uh, I think it's the thing that frustrates a lot of people about her is that she doesn't seem to learn from her mistakes. Yeah, she apologizes, but she doesn't ever seem to. She always. There's like a joke that like um, Ricky Gervais makes in one of his stand up, and he's like, people always like Ricky. How do you get away with making jokes about AIDS and cancer patients and gay people and whatever? And he's like, because I never apologize. He was like, I will never, ever, ever apologize because. I'm like, it's a joke. I'm making a joke. Mm. If you don't get it, fuck you. You know? And he's fine. Like, he's never really... Like, people don't like him, but, like, he's never had these huge Twitter storm controversies, really. And her thing is that she'll make a joke, and then instead of either backing it and saying, it's a joke, everyone needs to calm down, she'll grovel and apologize, and then 
do the same thing a few months later. And I'm just like, don't apologize if you're not actually learning a lesson. I think she's apologized when she doesn't have to apologize. And yeah, I think she, that she, she, she says things which she thinks are jokes. And she has, you know, we both loved girls. She has the same sense of humor as us in a lot of ways. We all make jokes. I make jokes in, appro- in inappropriate situations because it's my way of kind of, if I feel awkward, it's my yeah. way of making myself feel better. And she says she does the same sort of thing. So I really sympathize with her on that. And also, like, I always say things off the cuff when I don't really mean them at all. Like, I'll be like, I hate that person. And I don't mean that at all. I don't mean yeah, any exactly. ill harm to that person. And then, like, say if you were fucking famous and everyone in the world heard that, they would be like, Isabella's an asshole. But it's also, like, if you say this podcast, which is, like, obviously a much smaller scope than Lena Dunham, <laughs> but if you were to be, like, say something like, oh, I fucking hate blah, blah, and then someone was to say that was really sexist that you said you hated that girl for no reason. And then you got on here and were like, I'm really, really sorry that I said that. I'm really disappointed in myself. I'm really sorry. And then the next episode you were like, I fucking hate blah, blah. Like people would just <laughs> yeah. be like, what's your problem? Like yeah. either be like, you're sensitive, fuck off. Yeah. Or be like, I'm sorry. And then just don't do it again. Like I, I think the thing about her that frustrates me is like, she just, it's like, it's like a lack of self-awareness. I think that yeah. like, I just can't stand that in someone that has had so many fucking chances to like I know rein it in and I it's it's because I think she's so good and because I think she could represent so many good things when she does stuff like that it pisses me off more than it should because I'm just like like that abortion joke she made that's like the number one thing that right-wing assholes level at young women now is like getting an abortion is a badge of honor young women actually want to get abortions because like it makes them cool with their peers and like it's fashionable like they say stuff like that which if you're a young person you're like that's so stupid Mm. and then she gets on her podcast and is like i haven't had an abortion but i wish i had one and like i listened to that and i didn't she didn't phrase it like a joke she just said it like in a somber serious (laughs) way and then afterwards was like it was just a joke but i'm sorry and i was just like yeah like just be better you're 30 years old like yeah how many 20 were in that room to be able to yeah like i get making one or two mistakes like a hundred percent like yeah we all do that but like the amount of shit has just been so consistent and 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 in that profile by the end i was so dissatisfied because i was like i just don't feel like i feel like you still just don't get get what it is it seems so fixable I'm like, just get that the whole entire universe doesn't revolve around you at every minute of the I know, day. but I feel like maybe she doesn't want to change. And then maybe she does, like when people call her out and people say, that was really horrible of you to say about abortion. She then stops and thinks, oh shit, yeah, that was really horrible of me to say about abortion. I'm so sorry. But she's not thinking, she doesn't take that as a, like a, I need to change my whole personality. Yeah. She just thinks that was wrong to say about that. And instead of then being like, okay, I'm going to filter everything I say, she yeah, just but- moves on it. And then I know that, and then she makes another mistake, but it's like, I kind of would prefer her to be that way than to filter her entire existence and not be herself. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause also I just think people not the abortion thing and not the sexual assault thing, but I also think people are just so fucking PC. A hundred percent. There are things that she's like that whole thing about her molesting her sister is, I know, in my opinion, insane. a fucking joke. Like yeah. it's literally a joke. Like yeah. it's not even doesn't even merit a conversation about it. It's ridiculous. Mm. But then it's like it makes it easy to marsh it. She says, which is just normal part for the course stuff that I would love to defend her on. Because then she'll say something else where I'm just like, oh, like you're just making yeah. it so hard for me to yeah. fight for you. Yeah, I know. Um. One thing she did say on the podcast is that, like, this sounds so horrible. She said that she stopped. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Feeling like she was having panic attacks and started feeling like she was living in a panic attack. Um. And she said that the notable moments in her day was when she didn't feel like she was going to faint or throw up. Jesus. Which is just so crazy. And to be in the spotlight and to live through yeah. that, like I just, sometimes I'm just like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> My yeah. everyday life. Oh, totally. Like today the taxi dropped me off in the wrong spot yeah. and I felt like I was going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but another interesting part in that profile on the cut was um, where she says she hasn't talked to Lord since. <laughs> Sorry, I just find this really interesting <laughs> because she... <laughs> Straight from PTSD and panic attacks. Yeah, I was to, like, oh, do you mean the like no, racist stuff? No, but yeah. I, because when I was reading it, I was like, she's not going to address that. And then she addresses her split with, so she went out with Jack Antonoff, a musician, for six years and they lived together. And he, what did he do? Produced Lord's albums. Yes. Recent album. Um, And they worked together all the time and Lord moved into Lena and Jack's house. Did she? Yeah, she lived with them for a bit. And she Ooh. also, um, so she lived there when Lena was away for a year and a half basically campaigning for Hillary Clinton um and then when Lena and Jack split there were all these rumors that he had started dating Lord um and it was very like cozy pictures yeah and they're they're very gushy about each other on social media and it was like it just kind of felt like they were gonna get together yes from the outside and then um she said in the cut profile that she hasn't talked to Lord since her split with Jack which I feel is quite telling because she still talks to Jack all the time. Yeah. And her and Lord were very good friends. And not speaking once since the split, after all of those rumours about Lord dating Jack, you would think... Yeah, it's like we've spoken to Lena Dunham as many times since that breakup as Lord has. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah none. like zero. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when have we spoken to her? Um, but yeah, you know, like a very yeah, good friend. Crazy. Like, say if... if you broke up with Zach and there were all these rumors that I you was dating him. You talking to me. I feel like, um. And I just stopped talking to you. Like, it, it's crazy. So. Super crazy. I yeah. Think. It's a hard one. What? Lena. Lena? Just Lena. I just find her so hard to tackle. I just, I don't, I do not want to be on the, like, I hate Lena Dunham thing. I think it's lazy and sloppy. And I think there's very, like, sexist undertones to it. And I don't like it. But I also find it hard But if someone annoys you like as a person... Because that is like that is that is her personality. Yeah, she is. just has an annoying personality. She just has the personality of someone that I just could not be friends with in real life. But I think the work that she does is incredible. I think she's like an essential person to have in the media. I think she's like a, we're very lucky to have her as an artist right now. Mm. I just don't warm to yeah. her personality. Yeah, and it's funny because which I is fine. <laughs> feel the exact opposite where I love her Ooh. and I've always loved her and I've loved her through everyone saying they hate her. Yeah. Albeit quietly. And like, even though I know that she would probably be quite a bad friend. Like if she was my friend, she would be very self-obsessed. She'd be one of those annoying people where it's like, you're going through a hard time and she doesn't register to that. And she doesn't ask you how you're going. Cause she's too busy obsessing over her own world. Yes. But I feel like I have people in my life that are like that. Anyway, yeah. anyway, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, I have to read quickly because our I was reading a comment on the article and I was like, this is so well written. I'm going to screenshot it and read it in the podcast. And it was written by Mel Mason, our good friend. Really? Yeah. Popped up in my feed and all the comments were like, la, 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 fuck Lena Dunham. And then I read a really like good one at the top and I was like, oh, so I'm going to read that out now. She said, I think if people ever read the actual interview instead of snippets taken out to highlight the moments Lena is polarizing, they would find that Lena is more multifaceted than just self-obsessed. She absolutely can be that, but I also find her honest and unafraid to say things we often think and make mistakes and publicize her growth and learning process. I'm not even a massive fan. I just think it's boring and trite to drag her through the mud in the comments and not acknowledge that she's not a cut-off, a cut-out, self-obsessed caricature and in fact is quite human. Not to mention she genuinely has been through a very harrowing health battle. 
Wow. Yeah. Mel said that so much more eloquently than I was trying that whole section for the past 10 minutes. We can just cut everything I've been saying. I was like, this is so beautiful. And then I screenshotted it and it was Mel Mason. I was like, I love her. That's how I feel. I'm like, she's, I'm not her biggest fan. I think the hate on her is boring and two dimensional. Mm. It sucks. And Mm -hmm. that we should try and look at her as a fully formed person. And also, you don't have to like the personalities of celebrities whose work you like. No. Like Leonardo DiCaprio. I just find him so boring. He's a weirdo. And lame. And yeah. like stop dating 20-year-old models. But I'm yeah. not going to be like, oh, fuck, fuck Leonardo DiCaprio. Like just be a grown-up. Like you just not agree with someone's personality and still like their work. Um, anywho, shall we get another drink? And then actually I forgot. I want to mention that um, we have started a Facebook closed group um, to celebrate making it to episode 10 unscathed. Um, And so you guys can join in our conversations. We'll share book recommendations, podcasts, articles, anything of interest. Um, And we'll also share what what we've talked about that week. So you guys can comment and agree, disagree, or tell us you really don't care. Um, so it's called After Work Drinks Podcast on Facebook. You are all welcome to join. Um, and we actually talked about the Hayley Baldwin incident from last week where she accidentally followed a Selena Gomez fan account and then quickly yes. unfollowed it. Um, and Grace wanted people to comment things that were worse than her social media faux pas, which... Um, where I called a girl that my boyfriend in high school left me for a slut on Facebook. <laughs> yes. There's nothing worse, but there was some that were nearly worse. There's some funny, uh, there was some funny comments. So, one person said, "I once went to Facebook stalk some chick with an exotic name like Katika, who I thought might have something to do with my ex or some such, and accidentally posted her full name as a status instead of into the search bar in capitals." And another girl said i was showing a friend old messages to my ex weeks after he stopped talking to me and she accidentally sent him one of those massive thumbs up in facebook <laughs> messenger <laughs> why do those thumbs exist i know do you not always wonder that i'm like literally who the fuck pitched that in a meeting who okayed it and who like just spent millions of dollars it's on for making old that people i feel like it's for old people what like why because they type slow <sighs> um Another one, I had an Instagram fight with my ex's girlfriend after I found out he was cheating. We did it via our bios, which is very confusing. Uh, and she said, I also then months later got drunk and sent him a text saying, do you still suck? <laughs> I actually know the story about the competing bios, which was that like um, the girl, the, the ex-girlfriend had like a really name Instagram bio. I can't remember what it was. And would she copy it? And then she like copied it, but like made fun of it in her own bio. And then the girl saw that to like made an Instagram oh bio. It was just so ridiculous. Um, and then another girl said, I didn't realize until about a week ago that my ex's new girlfriend can see when I stalk her Instagram stories. <laughs> How do people not know that? And then she goes, context, I've been stalking for at least two years. She'll be like, at the, she'll be at the very top of the Instagram watch two, list. Yeah. 100%. If she didn't know that. The girl could say it. She would have been watching straight like, off the straight away. Oh my god, oh, love it. Anyway, so we um, the Haley Bieber challenge. Yeah, the Haley Bieber challenge. So if anyone wants to join that again, After Work Drinks podcast <laughs> on Facebook, closed group. Everything you say there is safe. We might out it on the podcast, but we won't. As you just heard, use your names. Yes. <laughs> Though anyone who just joined the group will be able to tell exactly who those people were. Yes, it's fine. Um. So. On to our second topic of the evening. Yes. I feel like this is a really good topic. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Do you want to introduce it or should I? Uh, I feel like you might have some good notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're with two separate laptops and me just over here on a cushion. <laughs> like maybe you. <laughs> We've established that Grace um, has a far better memory than me, which I think okay. is not... Um, a hard thing to do um but i kind of need a few more notes in front of me though we do like talk off the bat i just need to have like literally yeah. like my notes just say we are talking about lena dunham <laughs> like that's how you're like lena dunham yeah. <laughs> um but so this piece is quite funny so we both had some books land at our offices um and it's by this woman called Gemma Hartley and it's called Fed Up. And it's funny because 
I was listening to The High Low last week, which is a podcast by two British journalists. We've talked about it before. Um, it's really good. Listen, if you don't so already. Um, and they were talking about this Instagram account. It's, this, it's a little bit different, but I think it's kind of how we got onto this topic. An Instagram account called Mrs. Hinch Home. And she's a US woman who's gained 1.3 million Instagram followers by posting videos of herself cleaning the house. And we kind of were thinking, A, that's crazy. <laughs> 1.3 million people in like a couple of months just follow her because they like her soothing videos of her cleaning the house. That is so bizarre. I know. She's a clean influencer. Oh my God. Clean influencer? Yeah. Yeah. Got it? Got that. Got that. <laughs> what I was saying. Yeah. Um, so we kind of started off because we were going to talk about that, but then these books landed on our desk and it's about um, emotional labor. And I linked Grace actually before I realized that the author of this book is the woman who wrote an article that I linked her. But in 2017, she wrote a piece for Harper's Bazaar US um, and it's called Women Aren't Nags, We're Just Fed Up. And the piece was about emotional labor and how like despite her husband being willing to help out when asked, he didn't understand that she wanted him to be able to do the task without first being asked, which is kind of hard to explain. It's also this notion that like emotional labor is the like time spent worrying about things in the house, strategizing how to get things done. Yeah. It's just like whether it's, telling someone to do the dishes you're still having to first notice them and delegate the task out to someone yes. or like making sure the children's homework's done or that their lunches are packed or that they RSVP to a wedding all of the organizing and planning and it's like the mental load which really adds up over time and ends up causing resentment but what she's saying sort of in the article and it's funny because I was actually explaining to Anton last night about it because he's yeah. only reading the book yeah and it was funny because she says in the book that when she Try, and in the article as well, that when she tried to explain to her husband why it was that she was getting so frustrated about something when he was like, oh, well, if you just ask me, I'll just do it. Yes. And she's like, it's, it's, it's me wanting you to do it without being asked. It sounds so pity. And it sounds like it's so easy to just be like, can you please do this? But it's all of those things that adds up in your head over time, all of the different things that you're trying to mi- like manage in your head and micromanage that ends up making you go crazy. But even she was acknowledging, and I was acknowledging this with Anton as well, is that like it's our own fault. Because for example, with me and my relationship, I will just do those things because A, I think of them first. B, I just want to get them done. C, I like, I'm quite a control freak and I want things done the way I want them done. Whether it's like, I don't know, like if our electricity bill comes in, it comes to the both of us and I'll just pay it. Right. And I'll just do that because I'm like sitting at work and I'll remember and I'll just do it first before he could remember to do it. Yeah. And then she's saying that then down the track, because you have built up these patterns where you will just do that first. Yeah. Eventually they start thinking, well, she's just going to do it. A, because she does. And B, because she can do it better than me. And C, because she seems to enjoy it because she just does it. Yes. That then they stop doing it. And then all this resentment grows and then they can't understand why you're angry a hundred percent it was a thing in the clementine ford uh clementine ford book that i was reading that like really shocked me it was saying that um women on average do five to 14 hours of domestic tasks which is like tasks out like like she calls it unpaid labor like do Mm -hmm. five to 14 hours of like washing organizing paying bills laundry Mm -hmm whatever it is five to 14 hours in a week and the average man does less than five hours um and that when men and women live apart so when you're like single in your early 20s that's the only period of time in a person's life where men and women will do an equal load so as soon as you cohabitate with a man your load goes up and his load goes down generally like yeah like just from i can't remember where she cited yeah there's obviously there's obviously studies and stuff but it's funny because in our household it's not like that so it's yeah, kind it's of funny like that with me either yeah. yeah so it's kind of funny explaining that to anton because i do definitely do more emotional labor but he probably does more cleaning and he does more cooking uh-huh but i am the organizer yeah um i think that like the thing about that was that which i noticed and i talked to zach about because like he's very like saying very very good with like cleaning and and we have a pretty equal load around the house, but I was like, I get the, I still feel like, which I think is the big thing. 
I feel like when you do stuff around the house, you present it to me like it's as a favor yeah. to me. Like you're doing it to help me instead of it being like, this is just something we need to do together because otherwise we'll live in a shit house. Mm. Like it's, it's still subconsciously presented as like, Oh, I'm I helping you with the house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Instead of like, we're doing the house together because we want to live in a house. that's not disgusting. Another thing that was mentioned in this uh, book is that the amount men spend on housework has more than doubled from 1965 to 2015 and childcare has nearly tripled, but still women are spending double the time men do on both domestic labor and caring for children. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it is doubled and nearly tripled on childcare, but still we're doing double. And then plus these, their emotional labor as well. And I think like, part of why I've been feeling so exhausted lately is not like emotional labor with Anton specifically, but just spreading myself too thin and worrying about being there for other people and like workmates, friends, everyone else that I leave no energy for myself because I'm too busy, like organizing things in my brain or yeah. like worrying about other people in my brain. And it's yeah. just like, it is very tiring. It's, it's like a social thing, but it's also kind to a certain extent self-imposed that we're just natural caregivers and we're just naturally more attentive and we like women are just naturally better at looking after things and keeping things in line or whatever mm. like Zach is so much more naturally better at keeping the household organized and being like structured and you know I, it doesn't come naturally to me to like so he does that sort of emotional he'll like pay the bills and he'll do the stuff like yeah, that right. and it's you know like it, because I just am like I don't know a little bit frazzled and all over the show but it's like that thing of the idea that it just comes naturally to women to just want to clean the house or to just want to be on top of everything or to just want everything you know it's it's like quite dangerous because that's where this whole idea comes in that like well you do I think that's what she talks about in this book is that it starts very innocently and innocuously and all of a sudden you've been married for 10 years you've got three kids and Mm. you're like doing everything what the fuck is my life like you're like when the fuck did this happen that I'm the psycho about the kids lunches and I'm the psycho about the clothes being put in the right washing baskets and then then you're just called a nag because you're asking other people to help you but no woman wants no woman grows up wanting to be the fucking mean mom that like screams at their husband and their kids for not keeping the house tidy and being called a nag for asking people to help clean up their own house and it's funny because i feel like i think that would be quite a hard one with kids as well to try and get into their heads that they're not helping you by doing the dishes like, it's not your task to do the dishes. Yes. And I'm literally, like, last night when I was reading this book, I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm going to make sure my fucking children. That, that sentence made my brain explode. When they were, she was like, you need to socialize your children not to think that they're helping mum with the dishes. Mm. They need to think that, like, they're doing when their you own eat dishes. dinner, dishes are dirty, and therefore we all have to just work mm. together to make sure the dirty dishes are no longer here. Yeah. I was like, but that literally exploded in my brain. I was like, every time I've ever done dishes since I was a child, it's like helping mum with the dishes. Yeah, I know. What a ju- And like, that's why I'm so joke. worried. Like, mums that- just naturally like doing the dishes, and you're just helping her out. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck? And now I'm just like so worried <laughs> about trying to train my future children. And even like, it was funny, she mentioned that she could see in her own children she had a i think at the time of the bizarre article she had a six-year-old son and a four-year-old daughter and she said that she could see their habits being formed by watching how really her and her husband just acted around the house and she said that her little daughter would go into her room and clean her room put her clothes away and just do that and just walk out silently and go and watch tv or whatever and her son would clean his room and then come out and be like mom I've cleaned my room. Like, congrats to me. Oh and gosh. it was really obvious because he would have heard his dad come out and be like, I've done the vacuuming for you. It's just so nuts. That is fascinating. And, and even Anton last night, without being prompted, without me even mentioning the sentence, was like, I feel like because when how I was brought up, my dad did equal amounts, if not more than my mum. Right. And my dad was very much like... He cooks, he cleans, yeah. he's super involved with the household, he's super onto it with that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he, he was just like, I think that's how I've been brought up. 
Yeah, or made me really upset reading the segment about like how men who get divorced have like shorter lifespans and like worse quality of life because like my parents split up and I know like for my dad like when you grow up in that atmosphere they like she said that it affects men in basic health senses where women are the people encouraging you to go to the doctor and get checkups and if there's like a rash or a bump or whatever they're saying you should go to the doctor you should go to the doctor you should go to the doctor like mm. um they get or, used to that yeah or like making sure they're not putting too much too much weight on yeah too like, much weight on like watching what they eat making yes. sure they're not using like a sauce that has lots of sugar in yeah, it yeah or not letting that like making like pulling them up if they drink all the time or mm. if they're smoking like so that it actually really negatively affects men's health when they get divorced it really negatively affects their social lives because women obviously bear the brunt of like um, often bear the brunt of like RSVPing to weddings, organizing mm. social events, organizing barbecues, doing stuff with the kids, organizing stuff with the in-laws. So they lose all of that. So they lose like this, a lot of social connections and a lot of like basic health connections. They lose a lot of, you know, just not knowing. Like my dad, I'm pretty sure when he split up with my mom, didn't know how to do like loads of washing on his own or like mm. didn't really know how, has had, had to teach himself how to, how to iron. He doesn't really know how to cook for himself like yeah. you know what i mean like it's 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 sad like it's not it's not an ideal situation for either party really i know it's crazy i but then it's so funny because i've even noticed myself so anton's a really good cook and it's funny because everyone says i'm really lucky for that and i am thankful that he's a really good cook and he's really passionate about cooking and he loves cooking because i'm not that into it so it's nice to have someone in the relationship who's really passionate about something that has to be done yeah but it's funny when everyone's like you're so so lucky that your boyfriend loves cooking and he's really good with cleaning and he's that kind of guy and i'm just sort of like it's hard to explain without sounding spoiled but it's like i know that i'm lucky that he likes doing that but also in every other relationship it would just be the woman that does it like why is it such a standout yeah that a yeah, man yeah does it totally totally um, but it's funny with him cooking all the time and because he's really good at cooking and he finds it easy and it just comes naturally to him i've noticed myself in the three years that we've been dating i now feel like when he's not home i feel like i can't cook like, I literally look in the fridge and I'm just like, I can't figure out what to do. Right. Whereas before I was with him, I would cook almost every night. Right. And I don't cook, like, incredible meals, but yeah. I know how to cook. And yeah. I always used to before I met him. But now because of this, because he's been doing it for so long, I yeah. feel like, I, I honestly feel, like, confused and, like, I can't do it. And I feel like it's going to be gross if he eats it. And so I've completely removed myself from that situation. Yeah, right. And so it's so easy to see how that could happen yeah. to men or women or yeah, when yeah. they get divorced and they've completely just lost those skills 100 percent. i think it's just about so um an article that i am obsessed with and have read like it's probably one of the only articles i've like gone back and read and reread like several times it's called why women can't have it all by Anne-Marie Slaughter and it's an article on the atlantic and i don't know if it still is but when it came out it was the atlantic's most read article of all time and she was a really um high up uh i don't know what the word is she worked very high up in the foreign secretary's office under hillary clinton when hillary clinton worked for barack obama Mm -hmm. and she was like the woman who had like you know this high-powered amazing job and she had a young family and they all moved to washington dc so she could take up this amazing government job and when she was like i don't know a few years into it her son who was 14 started getting having problems in school in terms of like I just think he was playing up and he was kind of like a trouble making kid and they tried to make it work try to figure it out they just couldn't do it and she just got to this crossroads where she was like I'm not here enough I'm not at home enough this is having a negative impact on his behavior us being in Washington is having a negative impact on his behavior and she just resigned and like she was really necessary for a lot of like foreign policy making and dealing with Syria Mm. and all this stuff and she wrote this article for the Atlantic just being like given how much women are expected to do when they get home from work as it currently sits women cannot have a career and look after their family like it's a myth Mm. she was like it's not I know everyone wants to hear me saying it's amazing she was like I couldn't do it and I worked so hard to do it and I literally got to a point where I had to choose my job or my family and of course I chose my kids I think that's true yeah 
even on the Devil Wears Prada, which yeah. is less of a <laughs> credible source, but how he yeah. was just like, let me know when your whole life goes up in flames. That's when it, you're due for a promotion. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's just, I do think that, because I think that I find myself feeling really like exhausted and upset a lot because I focus a lot on my career and like with, with our jobs, we are, we work really hard. Like yeah. it kind of looks like we're flouncing around at events or we're like writing silly articles about whatever, but we are working so hard all day. Like you get in really early, you work really late, then you go to events, which are yes fun, but they are, you are, you are at a work event yeah. and with work people and then you get home late and you get up in the next morning and you go, you go, go. Like I can't remember the last time I had a lunch break yeah. and then I find myself being like, why do I feel so highly strung? And it's because then I get home and I realize that I have not spent time with Anton the entire week yeah. and it's Friday night and all I want to do is go to sleep because I'm so exhausted from the week. But yeah. then I feel like. I literally haven't even said how are you to my boyfriend in yeah. like four days. Yeah. And then I'll say, and then I'll talk to him and then I'll realize I have a friend in town from New Zealand the next day. And so I have to go out for dinner with them and talk and be on. And then the next day it's like, yeah. there's just always things. And I don't even have children. Like I don't yes. know how people who have children can do it. Cause, yeah. Cause getting home and then living a whole full nother life where you're like on as your second job or the, like your first job. Yeah. It would just be so exhausting. Yeah, and she she said in this article, she's like, the only way that this will ever 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 work is if we get to the point. And she was like, it's gonna start with how we raise our boys. Like, it's not gonna happen mm. for a whole other generation unless we're raising them to say, you need to be completely comfortable staying at home and doing the emotional and domestic labor and raising the children. If your wife has a more impressive and more high paid career than you. And mm. for them to be completely okay with that mm. and vice, you know what I mean? And vice versa, unless we're able to say, okay, we're going to live in households where we both had mid-level careers and we've both made sacrifices where we're not going to have super high careers, but we're both going to work. Or we say the person that's got a really impressive high level career is going to go and work full time and this person's going to stay at home with the kids or we're going to pay for childcare. You know mm. what I mean? Like unless yeah. you've got both parties willing to do that and there being no social stigmas related to it we're just fucked like women are just fucked i think that so 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 much is needs to be focused on how we raise our boys like i just honestly even with this entire me too movement i'm like nothing is going to change enough with these generations it has to be about how we raise our children it has to be about these boys being taught from the youngest age ever what consent is what the blurred lines of consent are what it means when a woman is drunk, what it means when, you know, like just all of these things. And also, yeah, like housework, all of these, the, it just, it just needs to start from them. And which is like quite sad really, because it's not going to change for our generation. But it's also, And it's also yeah. quite hard because how are we going to know how to do it? Yeah. It is that thing as well where we just focus so much on women and I'm like, yes, okay, focus on women, but also like women at this point don't really need to change their behavior or alter their behavior. Yes. We can be more aware of us doing too much and like, push our partners to do equal work mm-hmm. like or absolutely. just stop doing the tasks yeah they, but like, like we are pretty fucking aware of the problems at this point like mm. we're kind of not the target audience for this issue anymore no like we know we're exactly what's going about, on yeah we're, we're literally the ones talking about the me too movement we're the ones talking about emotional labor we're the ones talking yeah. about all these things we need to teach our children yeah it's crazy yeah. like it, it was actually shocking to me when I realized like how few of my guy friends had even ever mentioned any of these topics, which I feel have consumed my life for the past two years. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And it's like hard to talk to them about it without feeling like you need to like qualify it with a like way that makes them not feel bad or a way that like mm. makes them get it or, you know, like, and that's what Clementine Ford talks about. And I, can't, I, I, I get her, her arguments in that sense where she's like, I'm sick of pandering to men's fragile egos where I have to like tie something up in a neat little bite-sized bow in order for you to take it seriously you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah I even um so when I was trying to when I was talking about um Hannah Gadsby's Nanette and I'd watched it by myself and I and see the thing is I had watched it by myself because I knew or thought Anton wouldn't want to watch it yeah same I did trick Zach into watching it yeah Yeah. which is so crazy don't you think 
Yeah, I was like, it's this really good comedy special and like all these stand-up comedians yeah. are saying it's really good and, and so, blah, blah, blah. And, then, and he loved it. But like if I was like, it's this powerful feminist mm. thing, he just would have been like, eh. Yeah, and so I watched it by myself. And then when I went to ask Anton to watch it, he didn't want to. Yeah. And then I got really upset because I was like, wait, I'm just talking about this with fucking Grace. Who doesn't need to know any of this? Yeah, exactly. You know, like we're yeah, all talking about like it with each other. It's like preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. So emotional labor. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hard one because I, I like genuinely, I'm a, quite a control freak. And so I am the person that like just wants to do things. Yeah. And so I, I always pay our bills and I always pay our like rent and I always organize everything. And it's more because I just like mostly, most of the time, women are just the ones to notice things first. Yes. And so then they just want to do it because they've noticed it first. Like it's and annoying it's- them first. And even Anton pointed out last night, like one of her examples was that her husband, um, there was a box in the way and it had been in the way for days. Yeah. And she just got so frustrated and started yeah. like grabbing a chair and trying to put it away. And he was just like, well, you could have just asked me. Yeah. And she's like, why do I have to fucking ask you? There's a box in the middle of the hallway that's like yeah. in the way of everything. Yeah. But she just noticed it first and it annoyed her first. Yes. And it didn't annoy him. Yeah. So he wouldn't do anything about it. Like, yeah. it's so, it's so weird. Yeah. A hundred percent. Anyway. Anyway. Are we done? I think so. Cool. <laughs> um, my Mac is literally saying your ISP monitors you online. What? Because <laughs> you know how oh, I've got a virus. It's gone crazy. Yeah. From oh, just trying to watch girls. Sorry, Mac. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening. Rate, subscribe, review. <laughs> yep. And please, if you're interested and want to hear from us um, and our recommendations and the things that are interesting us over the week and plus have your say on anything you liked or didn't like. Yes. Agree or disagree. Um, join our private Facebook group called yes. After Work Drinks Podcast. And we will approve you. Yes. <laughs> Good night. Regards. Good night. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I nearly shattered. <laughs> <laughs>